Welcome to Father Friday. Thanks for joining us and hope you are ready to look at some Justin Martyr. Right, so it's Father Friday, it's weekend, yay. Um, Justin Martyr is our next guy. If you don't know what we're talking about, we have, uh, Nick and I, um, have started the the most epic journey imaginable um, as we move through, uh, what shall we say, Nick, the history of Christian literature. The highlights of Christian literature. The yeah. highlights. The, uh, the, maybe not the history so much as the highlights. But we, we just wanted to um, get stuck into some actual texts and passages that, mm. I don't know, just kind of, you know, no one ever Back does to that. The Back yeah. to the sources. Back to the sources. Back to the sources. And, you know, it's, it's really not a scholarly treatment of anything, but we just want to just read some stuff, uh, which is cool. And I imagine, I mean, this is the kind of thing I would want to listen to if I had a few minutes, um, you know, it'd be cool to just track through all of it, just to at least get some sense of connection to what was actually said by these major guys. Um, and then, you know, you got the rest of your life to go and follow that up. You can, um, you can either, if something particularly resonates with you, you know, amen, go grab a, a fuller account of that and uh, look at more of the history and uh, jump into a full volume of some sort. But um, yeah, the survey, it's kind of like when you go to it, Back in the days when uh, you had DVD stores, you remember that? Um, you walk in. We still and, have a DVD store. <laughs> oh, do you really? Wow. Yeah. Um, I don't do Netflix, but I'm a Christian. Man, DVD store. Those are good times. But anyway, my, my, my method there was just I had to see everything. I want to see a little bit of everything on in the DVD store. I want to know everything that's available before I make a decision. <laughs> Hence, <laughs> it's the way I roll, you know. So, kind of like with church history, it's always frustrating me. Who do you read too much in one lifetime? So, it kind of hopefully this just helps to get a basic sense of overview. This is what's in the DVD store. All right, cool. Which movie do you want to watch? Then you can go and jump into, you know, Augustine or whatever. That'll take you a very long time. And uh, it, I mean, just oh my goodness, that guy wrote so much. Wow, you know, just getting through City of God has taken me forever. And that's one of his books, you know? What the heck, bro? How did he get so much time to write all this stuff? That's what yeah. I want to know. No Netflix. Did he do rough drafts or did he just like, just came out? He must have, yeah. I mean, it must have just been full on, hey, I'm going to write a book today. Let me sit down and out comes a book. And then the yeah. next day, oh, I think I'm going to write another one, you know? And, you know, let me, let me, let me get my, my, whatever they wrote on at that point, you know, my ink my stylus stylus thingy and you know i don't know man i don't know what the what the cheats were there but but that is uh truly incredible it was just so i love the way he's like going on in the book he's like uh well i better bring this book to a close book 19 uh it's truly laborious <laughs> he, he makes the comment he's like it has been a laborious work <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, too that's right. That's how he feels, poor readers. I yeah. know, exactly. And that's just one of his books. And that's the more riveting one. But anyway. All right. So we're looking. Uh, we Last time we looked, we started. This is only uh, round two. So go back and listen to the previous one if you want to do this whole journey. But um, uh, and, and for what it's worth, we're basically moving along the outline of the uh, Christian Classics collection in the Lion Handbook. Uh, Tony Lane, I think, was the editor or curator of that list. 
Uh, yep, Tony Lane. And, Anthony. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, so we did Ignatius. So who was the guy? Uh, yeah, Ignatius. Ignatius. Uh, we we could have. Romans. Yep, we looked at the Book of Romans. I've been there, or at least the uh, letter to the Romans. Um, would that have been the same church that Paul wrote to? Most likely. That's amazing, isn't it? Wow. And earlier source, you know, really starting right at the beginning. Obviously, we passed over a ton of writing. Now we're on Justin Martyr. Still pretty mm-hmm. uh, darn early, though. The, yeah. The, the, so I mean, this, this particular, his first apology, which we're reading from, was probably written in response to the martyrdom of Polycarp. Yeah, wow. And to the persecution that was going on um, around that time. Mm. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? And so, yeah, Polycarp and Ignatius, again, sort of hanging out with the Apostle John, potentially, at some level. And um, and that is amazing on its own right. <clears throat> and and so, yeah, I mean, a lot of what he writes about and what he thinks about and what he himself faced is martyrdom and, uh, yeah. and persecution. And so for that reason, he becomes another one of those powerful fathers. Uh, a lot of people comment that... Um, what he writes in comparison to Ignatius, for example, is is far more detailed and profound in, in yeah. the way that things are developing. Which well, um, he was a he was converted out of philosophy as well. Mm. So I mean, the chapter before the chapter we're going to read is called Plato's Doctrine of the Cross. Mm. Um, <laughs> much more uh, learned. Um, yes, definitely, totally. Yeah, I mean, he had an interesting journey. He, um, man, for, he was uh, really just full on into um greek philosophy <clears throat> went on this uh, major progression Pythagoreanism, Stoicism. Yeah. interesting involved in them all yeah apparently he first attached himself to a stoic philosopher and then he got disappointed because the guy you know uh, just basically tell him who god was yeah, yeah exactly he's like <laughs> wait a minute what are you talking about <laughs> so I'm, funny so i left him yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes to aristotelian um, and he, he really liked this guy for a while, and then um, and then he charged him some money or something like that, um, which is hilarious. And then he's like, "No way, this guy is no philosopher at all." And That's then he gets, powerful. yeah, exactly. And then he gets to a guy, um, he gets to a Pythagorean, <clears throat> but this involved the study of music and astronomy and geometry and and all of that, which he wasn't interested in. <clears throat> and then eventually he gets to a Platonist, um, and this this was his. He was stoked with the Platonist. So a lot like Augustine in that and probably sets that trajectory in some ways in that, um, you know, they saw Plato as coming like just as close as you could ever come to Christianity, you know. Um, And as you mentioned earlier, this is largely, um, you know, just it just has that on the radar the whole whole way through. Um, And we were just talking earlier before we hit record. Yeah, he was um, in that way, you know, one of the guys, if you remember back uh, to the five categories I did a, Theology Tuesday, you might have listened to that. Um, but uh, the five categories of Niebuhr concerning Christ and culture, and he probably would have been uh, one of the early kind of Christ uh, and uh, what is or Christ above Christ culture, above. that's right, yeah. And uh, just basically saying that, you know, culture, um, it, it, these moments, these glimmers within uh, philosophy and all goodness in, in culture basically um, leads to leads to kind of a fulfillment in Christ and what he mm. he came to teach us. And so you have a lot of that come through in Thomas Aquinas again later. And uh, again, many uh, sets the trajectory in some sense. So, um, you know, he is uh, worth reading for sure. 
And um, what else can we say? I mean, he, he became a Christian, became a Christian big time. Yeah. And um, and that was obviously then he was just against philosophy at some level, but again, you know, it was yeah. kind of the sweet. And he was Martyr, hence his name, Justin Martyr. Justin Martyr, yeah. What was his name before that? I have no idea. Wow, just Justin. Yeah. And he's uh, one of the early apologists, so uh, he does sort of map out a, a sort of a methodology for how to engage with the authorities as he sought to refute some of the ad hominem arguments that were coming against Christianity. You know, the fact that uh, Christians were uh, committing necrophilia because they, they met in cemeteries or, uh, you know, they were incestuous because they were bestowing brotherly kisses yeah, um, yeah. and all that. So he was just responding to a lot of that stuff and trying to, he was really appealing through reason to the authorities to be just, yeah. and not to treat them according to the fact that they merely had the name Christian, but to treat them according to their deeds. Mm-hmm. So he was appealing to these Stoic, like Marcus Aurelius was one of the yeah. emperors at the time. Mm. Knowing that they were philosophers, he was appealing to their reason for a, for fair treatment. Pretty awesome. I mean, he had he had you know some strong, like you said earlier. I mean, he knew his philosophy. He knew. I mean, I know he had a lot of exposure to Stoicism at some point as well. I can't remember how that worked. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, <clears throat> in the day, it would have made a powerful apologetic. You know, he was a guy who knew what he was talking about, and um, and yet, you know, was not a philosopher but a Christian at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but I think the big thing, you know, again, was just he, he saw that the Lagos and the Word uh, it was all just Jesus, right? He was just um, that was the way he made his defense, which is kind of interesting. You know, he was uh, that's I think that's that strikes me for everything from everything I've seen. Um, from Justin Mata, it's just a very different way a way that we would to that which we would approach the the issue now. I mean, like, yeah. we're not going to say, "Don't you see, guys? You're right." Except you just don't know who it is. You yeah. know, we just we and just don't a, do was, that. It was fitting for the time because everyone agreed with this notion called the logos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and and would have been powerful. So, and then anyway, so what we're going to read is um, in this uh, this account, we've got just a really, I think. I love it. I think just one of the fullest accounts of early Christian worship. And um, I like it because it's basically pretty much, I mean, it is reflective of what you see happen Sunday after Sunday, um, even today. So you've got this this um, assurance that, hey, the church has essentially been worshiping this way for a long time. And yeah. um, obviously there are little bits of, uh, well, what do you call them? Idiosyncratic areas. Yeah. It's but, peak. It's pre-controversial, so they haven't refined. Yeah. They haven't got all the kicks out of their theology. <clears throat> yet. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't been challenged on some of the things either. So, um, but should we go ahead and read it? So, what I said yeah. to Nick earlier is just maybe what we'll do this time around, just to make sure we get through this in a reasonable amount of time. Uh, we haven't got a whole bunch of cha- uh, chapters, paragraphs, whatever you want to call them. Um, we're only going. What is it like? Six or seven? Eight? Seven? And. Um, and so we'll just read them through, making just brief comments along the way, and then just draw out some of the big themes toward the end, keeping this thing uh, at a manageable length. Yeah. Sound good? Sounds good. Who wants to kick us off? Okay, I can kick it off. So starting right. in chapter 61 of Justin Martyr's first apology, Christian baptism. Yeah. He writes, I will also relate the manner in which we dedicated ourselves to God when we had been made new through Christ. Lest, if we omit this, we seem to be unfair in the explanation we are making. As many as are persuaded and believe that what we teach and say is true, and undertake to be able to live accordingly, are instructed to pray and to entreat God with fasting, 
for the remission of their sins that are past, we praying and fasting with them. Then they are brought by us where there is water and are regenerated in the same manner in which we were ourselves regenerated. For in the name of God, the Father and the Lord of the universe, and of our Savior Jesus Christ and of the Holy Spirit, they then receive the washing with water. For Christ also said, Except ye be born again, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now that it is impossible for those who have once been born to enter into their mother's wombs is manifest to all. And how those who have sinned and repent shall escape their sins is, de- is declared by Esaias eh, the mm. prophet, or Isaiah the prophet. As I wrote above, he thus speaks, Wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from your souls. Learn to do well, judge the fatherless, and plead for the widow. And come and let us reason together, saith the Lord. And though your sins be as scarlet, I will make them white like wool. And though they be as crimson, I will make them white as snow. But if ye refuse and rebel, the sword shall devour you, for the mouth of the Lord hath hath spoken it. Hmm. And for this right, we have learned from the apostle this reason. Since at our birth we were born without our own knowledge or choice, by our parents coming together, and were brought up in bad habits and wicked training, in order that we may not remain the children of necessity and of ignorance, but may become the children of choice and knowledge, and may obtain in the water the remission of sins formerly committed, there is pronounced over him who chooses to be born again and has repented of his sins the name of God, the Father and Lord of the universe. He who leads to the labor the person that is to be washed, calling him by this name alone. For no one can utter the name of the ineffable God. And if anyone dare to say that there is a name, he raves with a hopeless madness. And this washing is called illumination, because they who learn these things are illuminated in their understandings. And in the name of Jesus Christ, who was crucified under Pontius Pilate, and in the name of the Holy Ghost, who through the prophets foretold all things about Jesus, he who is illuminated is washed. Nice. Yeah, interesting. I mean, you've got obviously the fast, fasting thing, um, you know, which uh, started to develop at that point, kind of Didache style, right? Yep. Um, and then Trinitarian um, baptism, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yep, yep, that's awesome. And um, who believes these things and who has repented, there's faith and repentance. Yep, totally. There it is. So, yeah, I mean, especially even the start of the next uh, paragraph or chapter, having thus washed those who have been convinced and have assented to our teaching. I don't know. That sounds like a Creed Baptist thing, just saying. Um, <laughs> and there is a pre-controversy sort of collapsing of regeneration and water. Yes. Where you and I would make a very clear distinction that the water is not magical. No, it's mm-hmm. not ex opere operato. Yeah. They hadn't had those discussions. They hadn't had those debates. They just associated baptism with salvation. And they use the language of the Bible at that point. Even, yeah, exactly. You know, so that's fine. Um, the other thing is just I, I, I appreciated the freshness of the perspective um, in terms of, you know, the the washing and the the choosing your new family, you know, um, mm. which you never, I mean, I don't know that I even now talk about baptism that way, but it is true that when yeah. you're born again, you're being born Children into a, choice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you are, it's different to when you were born um, <clears throat> the first time. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think that's powerful. I mean, you know, obviously not undermining anything of a, a Calvinistic sort of thing there, but, but it is true that you are made willing and this is something that you move into in a different way than when you were born. So, again, I think that speaks powerfully to the credo baptism issue, actually. Mm. But, um, yeah, we'll leave that aside for now. Um, all right, let's go into paragraph two. Um, having thus washed those who have been convinced and have assented to our teaching, 
We bring them to the assembled brethren to offer hearty communal prayers for ourselves, for those baptized, and for all others everywhere. We pray that now that we have learned the truth, we may be counted worthy, and also that we we may be found good citizens and keepers of the commandments by our works, so that we may, so that we may obtain an everlasting salvation. After the prayers, we salute one another with a kiss. Uh, bread and a cup of wine mixed with water are then brought to the president of the brethren, and that's the elder pastor guy. Uh, mm-hmm. He takes them, giving praise and glory to the Father of the universe through the name of the Son and of the Holy Ghost and offers thanks at considerable length for our being counted worthy to receive these things at his hands. When he has finished praying and giving thanks, all those present express their assent by saying amen, the Hebrew word for it, so, for so be it. When the president has given thanks and all the people have assented, those whom we call deacons share with everyone present the bread and the wine mixed with water over which the thanksgiving was pronounced and take some away to those who are absent. There we go. Mm. Interesting. Um, I just love the whole, the feature of the president, you know, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, yeah. But, you know, you had just even in that, you know, I, I, I thought about when I was um, reading this through the first time, I was like, I need to share this with the deacons, you know, because it's such a, it's so cool. Uh, you know, the deacons, I mean, even from this early point, he labors on this point that the deacons take the, the sacrament and sort of distribute it and, um, you know, it's just, you just think about what happens every Sunday. Now, out, yeah. I don't know if you guys do this, but our deacons, uh, take, take the, the bread and the wine and, you know, and after the president has blessed the bread and wine, you know, we move, <laughs> we move through the congregation and it's just quite a yes. honored role historically. It's just powerful. So but we don't take it to the sick at home. No, we don't. Good point. Ex- yeah. Anglicans do so that, not, right? Yeah. Anglicans, Catholics, yeah. um, so and it, that's probably attached to the you know the efficacy the effectiveness of the yes, sacrament. Yes, yes. There was some physical sort of blessing that needed to be had. Yeah. Um, and it's a high view of the supper. I mean, yeah. it's, we don't need to accuse them of superstition or anything like that. No. It's admittedly difficult, I find sometimes because you know you want to have that high view and you want to really. Um, you want to say, hey, you've missed out if you haven't had the supper, you know. Um, but at the same time, there's there's that thin line, you know, when you have to start um, just tying that blessing to that gathering, even when, um, when you know, there, there are elements of sickness or circumstance that keep someone from, from the Lord's Day. I mean, that gets a little bit weird. But it's mm-hmm. an admitted point of tension, I, I feel. You know what we've done in the past? We've taken yeah. a small contingent of the congregation. Mm-hmm. So there was a guy who was on his deathbed. <clears throat> yeah, um, 10% of his heart was working. His pacemaker was on its last legs. And so we took, we announced at the church that we were going to go to this man's house <clears throat> and we would love for folk from the congregation to come and join us so that we could have the Lord's Supper with him because it's a body meal, mm-hmm. <clears throat> not an individual meal. Mm-hmm. We wanted a representation of the congregation to come with us. So mm-hmm. we just made an open invite and whoever came, came with us and we celebrated the meal with them. So mm-hmm. we took we sang a few songs, we prayed, we read the scriptures, um, and we, we had a, a mini worship service, mm. crowning it with uh, the sacraments. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, uh, and then uh, even in that situation, I mean, it is quite extreme, right? It's not like, you know, someone's yeah. just absent willy-nilly and you're just going to make this whole big thing. Yeah, and he hadn't been able to go to church for ages. Yeah, This yeah. was uh, a special concession. Man, and you'd, you'd really appreciate that in that situation. <laughs> It'd be amazing. 
yeah. Um, yeah, good. Uh, what else? Anything cool? In the, oh, oh, of course, we salute one another with a kiss. <laughs> I like that. I think we should start that. We should we should pick that up again. You don't do that already? Well, I, I, we might kiss one another with a kiss, but <laughs> I've never saluted uh, anyone. When, with I, a kiss. when I was on Saint Helena, we would have um, so everyone would come into church and they wouldn't talk to each other. They wouldn't look at each other. And then we'd begin the service, and then as part of the, the service, we'd say, and now let's greet one another in the Lord. And all of a sudden, they'd start smiling, and they'd turn around and greet and hug each other. And it's almost like they were waiting for the moment. No way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Classic. Brilliant. Um, all right, let's, let's pick it up. 66, you go. Okay, of the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. And this food is called among us Eucharistia, the Eucharist, of which no one is allowed to partake, but the man who believes that the things which we teach are true, and who has been washed with the washing that is for the remission of sins, and unto regeneration, and who is so living as Christ has enjoined. For not as common bread and common drink do we receive these, but in like manner as Jesus Christ our Savior, having been made flesh by the word of God, had both flesh and blood for our salvation. So likewise have we been taught that the food which is blessed by the prayer of his word and from which our blood and flesh by transmutation are nourished, is the flesh and blood of that Jesus who was made flesh. For the apostles in the memoirs composed by them, which are called Gospels, have thus delivered unto us what was enjoined upon them, that Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, said, This do ye in remembrance of me, this is my body. And that after the same manner, having taken the cup and given thanks, he said, This is my blood and gave it to them alone, which the wicked devils have imitated in the mysteries of Mithras, commanding the same thing to be done. For that bread and a cup of water are placed with certain incantations in the mystic rites of one who is being initiated. You either know or can learn. Hmm. Man, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the clear takeaway there for me is just um, the memoirs of the apostles, dude. That is very, very hardcore. Yeah. I just love the way that um, everything's so fresh, you know? It's like, well, you know, the, yeah. the apostles actually wrote these memoirs for us. So, and they contain everything that happened with Jesus. So let's like read those every day, you know. Um, it's just so yes. fresh. It's not like the Bible that you buy from Man of Christian Bookstore, <laughs> you know, and they did like who's the translation by and da da da. da. It's just, dude, yeah. I got and some a, memoirs. A closed, a closed table as well. So you have yeah. the man who believes these things. Yes. And who has been washed with the washing. Yeah. So only baptized believers came to the table. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. that's what it's got them into so much trouble as well. Um, you yeah. know, they kicked everyone else out and ate and drank flesh together. <laughs> you yeah. can see how that So there was too. something mysterious which, uh, you know, gossip yeah. rose up around. Yeah. And that's yeah. a lot of what he wrote against. And, and then we have that uh, wonderful uh, notion of transmutation. Yes. Um, and from which our blood and flesh by transmutation are nourished. Mm. And there, he, Justin Martyr is going beyond Scripture mm -hmm. and giving his own interpretation mm -hmm. and trying to explain the mystery. Yeah. And uh, as soon as you venture into that sort of territory, you come up with all sorts of theories. And here we have the theory of transmutation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Chapter 6, 7, me. Um, afterwards, yep. oh, this is my favorite one, by the way. This is my favorite paragraph or chapter. Afterwards, we continue to continually remind each other of these things. Uh, the wealthy among us help the needy. We always stick together and we bless the maker of all for all that we receive through his son, Jesus Christ, and through the Holy Spirit. 
and on the day called Sunday, all who live in cities or in the country gather together in one place, and the memoirs of the apostles or the writings of the prophets are read for as long as time permits. When the reader has mm. ceased, the president teaches and exhorts us to imitate these good things. Then we all rise together and pray, and as I said before, when our prayer is ended, bread and wine and water are brought. And the president similarly offers prayers and thanksgivings according to his ability, and the people are sent, saying, Amen. Then, uh, that over which thanks have been given is distributed to all and partaken of, and a portion is sent by the deacons to those who are absent. Those who are well to do and willing give as they think fit, and what is collected is deposited deposited with the president who assists the orphans mm. and widows, those who are in need through sickness or any other cause, those who are in prison and strangers living among us, uh, sorry, giving it all to all those guys. Uh, in a word, he takes care of all who are needy. Uh, Sunday is the day on which we all hold our common assembly because it is the first day of the week on which God made the world. This is so interesting. Having wrought a change in the darkness and matter, and also the day on which our Savior Jesus Christ rose from the dead. For it was on the day before Saturn's, or Saturday, that he was crucified, and on the day after Saturn's, the sun's day, that he appeared to his apostles and disciples and taught them these things, which we have submitted to you also for your consideration." Uh, man, mm. there's a lot there. But you know, just before we go into that, I, I remember what I was going to say with the previous one. It's it's interesting um, how he, uh, what did he say there? Um, he gives a considerable prayer. <laughs> what did he say when he was um, <laughs> long prayer times? Yeah. <laughs> He's emphasizing that. Oh, there we go. Um, he takes them. This is uh, the previous uh, paragraph. Uh, he takes them through the name of the Son of the Holy Ghost and offers thanks at considerable length for our being counted worthy <laughs> to receive these things at the hand. Okay. <laughs> it seemed to strike him. Um, and then the other thing is the the moving, uh, or at least the mixing of the bread. Uh, uh, what am I talking about? The mixing wine of the and wine and water, yeah, which was um, yeah. interesting. I wonder why they did that. 1 John 5. To just chill it out? Water in the blood. Ah. <laughs> I thought maybe I it was know. just I like to make sure no one gets drunk or something like that. Or, yeah, or maybe just to stretch it, Yeah, uh, just to make sure everyone gets yeah. yeah, I know. I know. You know, interesting. Well, actually, I better not talk about this. I'll tell you. Um, we after reading that, we Jethro, Jethro and I uh, decided to to try that when we just planted GraceNet. We mixed the yeah. um, water and the wine just to stretch it. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and uh, Jim Rinian came to our church service, and um, oh. he scoffed at the wine, and so we had to we had to stop doing that. Yeah, you would have scoffed at Justin Martyr as well. Then, I know, right? I, should have, I should have come at him with a little Justin Martyr, but I, I was too shocked, you know. I'd been rebuked <laughs> by Jim Renihan for, for having less less than average wine. <laughs> I remember telling him, hey, we, we're mixing it with water. He's like, oh, yeah, I can, I can tell. So <laughs> Not impressed. Not impressed at all. Anyway, so we stopped doing that. Um, but that kind of continues on through to this last chapter. I love this... Um, this last a bit here because again it just feels like home you know it feels like i could go to that worship service and uh and yeah. i think a lot of what i think in terms of early church is just ooh, a lot of weird foreign stuff going on you know and um, a lot of stuff i'd be deeply uncomfortable with and um, a lot of just weird like uh, complexity and maybe 
added, you know, things that are added on, you know, um, and perhaps that does come in a little bit later. But at this point, at least it's encouraging to see it's really just a very simple service. And, mm. um, yeah. and you know, that simplicity has been renewed in the Reformation. And, um, you know, we're able to identify ourselves in, in these early texts, you know, in the way that we worship, Amen. which is really encouraging. Yeah. Yeah, I think the one thing that does stand out is possibly a little bit more emphasis is on helping the needy. Yes, you know, it just struck me how much more there was of that than, mm. and you know, we're in a wealthy state, so you know, the government picks up a lot of the, the yeah. tab as far as this is concerned. But you know, it's it's wonderful to see it so dominant. You know, the mm. widows, the orphans, the sick, the prisoners, the strangers. Yeah, mm. um, there was there was a there was a deliberate part. I remember I was really challenged by. Uh, John Calvin, hmm. he said, you know, do you, you've got weekly communion. Do you have weekly ministry to the poor in wow. your service as part wow. of your, you know, hmm. it's like, whoa, because <laughs> that's yeah. what they did in the early church. Totally. You know, we talk about weekly communion. What about weekly alms? Yeah. yeah. It is crazy because you, you know, in, in a place like New Zealand, especially, um, you not only have a kind of a social socialist leaning um, kind of situation and a lot of welfare, but um, you also have a lot of affluence, you know, and even the poverty is quite in, in comparison to, say, Africa or, oh, yeah. um, you it's know, not real it's not it doesn't feel real to coming from South Africa. It's always been a struggle, you know, for me to actually think seriously about it. Or, you know, you might also make that comparison to India or whatever, where you've got some yeah. dire poverty and, you know, there you're moved. I mean, you would just be how could you not do something? You know, you have to. Whereas, yeah, it feels like what are we actually doing? world blind people are in india yeah yeah ridiculous totally so you've got but you know that said it does you i mean you have to it's one thing to to say well we're not in that situation and uh, the reality is it would make you lazy though right you have to you have to worry whether that's kind of impacted your as you've just said you know it's got to be deliberate yeah yeah, exactly so you got to figure out ways to get by that so i know a lot of first world scenarios will resonate with that um yeah i mean then the last thing that um I want to point out here is just this um, awesome kind of uh, the day of the sun, the Lord, uh, you know, resurrected. I just love the way he's like, you know, it almost has a John Gill vibe to it in that he's like, well, you know, you got the Sabbath ordinance, um, which is all good because it's a new creation ordinance. You know, um, the Sunday mm-hmm. is is looking forward to that new creation. And yet, Justin Martyr seems to be making a similar kind of connection in that he's like, listen, the Lord made the world on the first day. Um, yeah. You know, so we're, we're um, he doesn't say it directly, but we're we're worshiping, you know, in a kind of parallel to that as the Lord yes. rose into the, the new creation, as it were, um, which is profound. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, good. Well, then we actually made some ubiquitous comments there, bro. Yeah, that's good. I don't I think we that. left anything undone. I think it's totally, I think it's totally <laughs> sorted. So much for my plan. My, my, my copy had several superfluous chapters that Tony Lane skipped over. Uh, yes. Oh, you mean in between or? What? Yeah. Okay. So you jump straight from like 62 to 65. Right. Oh, you mean the, the beginning ones? Yeah. Yes, totally. For sure. Did, did you read them through? No. Uh, yeah. I d- um, we we didn't read them through, but I wrote them. I read them. I read through them earlier. You want to yeah. give us a quick thumbnail? Ah, uh, no, no, no. It's. Uh, I think what we're, what he pulled out was awesome. Just look, focusing on early church worship. Okay. Yeah. Totally. I was, I was glad he left them out. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, and what you said earlier as well, I think before we hit record there is just a matter, you read a bit of his stuff and, and yeah, you do get hit. This is the more kosher stuff, right? You, you know, you're, 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 it's very agreeable. But um, every now and again, you get slammed with a bit of a Justin Mata angle. And uh, you're like, yeah. wow, that's, uh, that's a big pull to swallow right there. Um, he's, very, the, he's very creative. He's creative, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the other thing that perhaps, perhaps is worth closing out on is, um, you know, he, is just, uh, he did mention, hey, once we come to Christ, we pray that we might, you know, be worthy of this calling, you know. And, um, mm. of course, he went to martyrdom, which is just a crazy thought. So this this is the context for him, you know, and so just the simple worship connected to the need to consecrate oneself to, you know, the, the truth. Now that, especially for a guy like him, I mean, here he is, he's roamed the earth, as it were, uh, looking for truth, gone from uh, philosophy to philosophy. It's all just come out flat. And here he's found it and he's willing to die for it. And uh, he's arguing for it tooth and nail at every angle he can. And uh, worship yeah. is the most important thing in the world. You know, it's just there's something so, 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 like, I don't know, I want to say fresh, but that's the wrong word, like just awesome and powerful um, about that. Amen. Yeah. So that is um, hopefully something that gets you psyched for the weekend, even as you think about uh, the simplicity of the worship coming along on the Lord's Day. And uh, yeah, man, read some party, uh, read some uh, Justin Martyr before we go to, to church on Sunday. That'd be good. That'd be uh, that that would lift you and get you ready, right? That's a good, good. Saturday night prep thing, good actually. Yeah, and if you like apologetics and philosophy, he's he's a definite good read as well. Totally. Alrighty, good. Well, let's drop it there. Hopefully, that was a bit more of a manageable length. Um, thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. Cool, man. Cheers. Mm-hmm.